0: Hey guys, I'm Tamara Melton. And I'm Deanna Bellamy. We are the co founders of Diversified Dietetics, a nonprofit community dedicated to increasing the racial and ethnic diversity in the field of nutrition and dietetics. Welcome to Feed Me the Facts.
1: Hey all, it's Deanna. Today we're talking with Jerlan Jones. She is a registered dietitian nutritionist, food and nutrition expert and owner of The Lifestyle Dietitian, a nutrition consulting practice. Jalen has over 10 years of experience assisting clients and is excited to be a new spokesperson for the Academy of Nutrition and Dietetics. She frequently speaks to a professional and public audience on how nutrition and food choices influence health. She has been featured in local and national print, TV, and radio media outlets. Prior to launching her nutrition practice full-time, Jerlyn coordinated and taught nutrition and wellness programs at Good Samaritan Health Center, a faith-based nonprofit health center. She also provided medical nutrition therapy to adult and pediatric patients. Previously, she was a clinical dietitian at New York Presbyterian Hospital, the number one ranked hospital in New York City by US News & World Report. Jerlyn is committed to guide and educate the next generation of dietetic professionals and pleased to be a preceptor and mentor. She's a certified LEAP therapist and earned a bachelor's and master's degree from Arizona State University, and a second master's degree from Columbia University's Teachers College. She completed her dietetic internship through Columbia University Teachers College. Let's get into the episode. Jerline, welcome to Feed Me the Facts. It's so great to have you
0: here.
2: I am so excited to be here. This is my first podcast interview. Yay.
0: I'm so, I'm A, very <laughs> surprised by that. I feel like, I don't know, I expect to hear your voice on, you know, all of the media, but I, I'm happy that we are able to be your first podcast. That's exciting.
2: It is very exciting. So, and I'm happy it is diversified Dietetics because I just, uh, you know, adore you and Tamara. So you two are, you know, the greatest in slice bread. So yeah, I am pleased <laughs> that's to that's be sweet. a part of this <laughs> podcast. Um, Yeah. So we are talking today about
0: mentoring, but from the perspective of someone who is a professional and someone who's been a dietitian and someone who is the mentor. So before we kick it off, can you just tell us a little bit about yourself, where you're from, what you do and yeah, what got you interested in nutrition and dietetics?
2: Yes. So I grew up in Phoenix, Arizona in the Southwest all my life. And I was involved with um, health and wellness growing up. And so, but i never thought about the field of dietetics or nutrition as something I could do as a career. So I had opportunity to, to move to New York and I moved to New York. I already had like two degrees under my belt while I moved to New York. And now I'm currently living in Atlanta. So I've been in different regions, but I'm also, so let me get this background out there. I'm also a a restaurant dietitian nutritionist and I have been for about 11 years now. And I'm the owner of the Lifestyle Dietitian LLC, which is a nutrition consulting practice. But I have um, always been interested in health and wellness. I played sports. I was teased for eating healthier foods, and yeah. I, I, <laughs> I I wore out the you know workout videotapes like Jodie Watley and Richard Simmons growing up. Uh, me, my sister always <laughs> danced to those. Uh, so, so that's always been a part of who I was. But like I said before, I just wasn't aware. Like no one, no one you know either told me about you know nutrition dietetics. It was just not something. That was part of, you know, a profession for me growing up, not like being a lawyer or a doctor or, you know, an engineer. So I was working at a direct mail marketing agency in New York. It was family owned. Um, And then my boyfriend at the time suggested that I take a nutrition class because Prior to that, I was thinking about becoming a personal trainer, and like I said, I was health and wellness was still a part of my life, and he knew that. He said, look, you know, Jolene, you have two degrees. You're not doing anything with those two degrees. One was in justice studies from an undergrad, um, and the other one was a master's of public administration. Um, He's like, you're working at a direct mail marketing agency, and even though they like you working there, are, is that something you... You think you're going to continue to do for the next five years, you know, yeah. you look at the long term. And I said, you know what? You're right. So I decided, I said, well, you know, let me let me think about this, you know, health and wellness type of field to, to maybe further my career. And so I decided to take two nutrition classes at Hunter College because I could afford those at the time and fell in love. That was it. That was, wow. I, was I was hooked. I found my passion. Um, and then I would say, less than a year later, I applied for um, a master 's program at pretty much all the major universities and colleges in New York um, got accepted to several of them and decided to quit my job and be a full time student again at columbia university teachers' college amazing so, yes, yes, so it, it really worked out. I, I know I back then I didn't know, like you never know what the journey is going to look like and how long the journey would be. I just knew that I w- did want to be a 10 year student. Right. I was I'm, I'm a second career um, student, is what they call us, meaning that you've worked in other areas before. You may have, you know, a degree or two. And I, I didn't I just didn't want to take that time. But, and so I, you know, fast-tracked it. I was like, I'm going to go full-time and try to get this done within the next three years or less. And so that's what I did. And here we are.
0: (laughs) Here we are. That's awesome. I did not, I don't know. I thought, I didn't know that you were a second degree dietitian. That's, I'm sorry, second career dietitian. That's so cool. Yeah, I, that's,
2: yes, it was. I, uh, but, I, you know, with, I would say it, being a second career dietitian has been a benefit for me. You know, it's it really has gotten me, you know, where I am now because when, when you're a dietitian, you definitely need different skills. You need you know um, the ability to speak to other people, to develop, the ability to communicate effectively, whatever messages you're trying to get across, and so you know working in all of the different jobs I had before, and you know like I said, I had the academic record and academia accolades to go along with that. It just helped. I was more disciplined this time around as a student. Um, I was more focused. Um, you know most you know most of my former classmates uh, were a lot younger than me um, so I, I felt like I became more of a you know a mentor to them and yeah. you know it's just and I just knew exactly what I wanted and and you know as opposed to being younger I could tell that they didn't they didn't weren't really they didn't know you know they were like faltering and didn't know just because when you're younger you, you just don't but because I had other experiences behind me then, um, then I was clearer on what my goals were. So, um, so I, I jumped all in, you know, everything was new to me. And that was another thing too. So I didn't have a nutrition background. I didn't have any of the sciences background. Mm-hmm. Everything was new. And so I took advantage of that. I, and that's one thing, you know, and I know we're going to get into other questions about mentoring. There's one thing I always advise anyone I'm mentoring or even precepting as a preceptor, for um, nutrition students or dietetic interns is that if you have an opportunity to do something, do it. You know, this is the yeah. only way that you're going to grow is by saying yes to different opportunities. And so I like that. I said, because I was a little older, I wasn't above anything. I, I, you know, I, I saw it as like, okay, I can learn, I can grow. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I would, I would, I would, you know, I, at one point before I, um, before I, I became, um, before I became, I got into my master's program, I volunteered because you needed volunteer hours or some type of community hours. I volunteered at a local hospital to work in their um, food service department. And what I was doing, I thought that I was going to be delivering meals <laughs> to the patients. <laughs> yeah, that's what like the- I sign up for. And yeah. no, I was downstairs, this is where they usually have the food service department downstairs in the basement. And I was, I was putting the meals together. That's what I was doing. But I learned so much in yeah. doing that, you know, and so when I just when I was working for a hospital later on in my career, or well, my first job as a as a Russia dietitian nutritionist, then I understood what it took to get those meals to those patients. Because this is where I started. This is where I volunteered and worked. So I I always said that, you know, every experience, whether it's volunteer or paid, is going to bring you closer to another opportunity. And that's what it's all about.
0: That's amazing. And I think, I mean, like like you said, what an amazing feeling to kind of figure out what your passion was and not feel, you know, rushed into it or like you really had time to think about, you know, this is the space I want to be in. I'm gonna take full advantage of all the opportunities that kind of come my way and take advantage of even the things from like working in the food service kitchen to all the other things I'm sure you um, were able to do. So that's, that's really amazing. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. So you mentioned when you were working with, I guess the other students in your internship that you were kind of already playing that mentor role because you were a little bit older than them and you kind of had life experience that people hadn't had yet being straight out of their either undergrad or whatever program they were coming out of. And so did you look at that as, you know, you mentoring or was it kind of just like, you know, I have this expertise and I have these lessons that I've already learned and I want to share that and impart that with, you know, my fellow colleagues?
2: Yes, it wasn't a formal role as of like, I'm the mentor, you're the mentee. Right. It was more of an informal type of uh, relationship or role. Um, I developed some amazing friendships with my former classmates and still have them to till today um i I think many of them didn't realize how much older i was um than them Um, but nevertheless i think it was because it was yeah it was just more of an informal type of of role i think it's and so um and and also learned a lot from them from their whatever their perspective was and what they were going through so it's it was a, a mutually beneficial type of relationship too. Yeah. yeah. I think, you know, um, sometimes it was the, the best type of roles to be in is when they're informal and right. then they, you know, grow into something else. But it really wasn't, it wasn't as if I, they sought me out as a mentor <laughs> or I sought them out as a mentee. Um, but we we definitely did probably have some of those interactions without even realizing it. That's great. Mm-hmm.
0: So you mentioned Your boyfriend at the time kind of taught, like you guys had a conversation about, you know, are you doing something you're passionate about? Were there any other people in your life that kind of were mentors either before you started to pursue dietetics or um, throughout your path of becoming a dietitian that kind of helped lean you one way or the other or provided guidance?
2: Yeah. Um, no. Um, <laughs> like I said before, I did not know this was a profession. I tell people that all the time, they start laughing at me. I said, no, 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 no. It's not like how it is now when we have these discussions about, you know, uh, about being a dietitian or mm-hmm. that word is out there in the mainstream. I didn't I I, I did see that word at all um, growing up. I didn't interact with any with a you know diet you know dietitian like some people had experiences with dietitian because of their health condition or because of a family member um, no that was n- not a part of um, it it wasn't in my scope of framework at all um, and so I didn't I didn't seek out anybody in the dietetics field um, you know I didn't. You know, back then, goodness, was there Google? I'm I'm sure no, there wasn't Google. So it wasn't, you know, I was I was Googling anybody. I right. you know, what I did was um it was just more of interacting with different students, um, until mm-hmm. I got into my program at Teachers College. Then those my professors became more of my mentors in a way, which helped me out about, you know, the path I was going to go go on. But um, no, I didn't. I really, really didn't. And so, um, it was more of just me looking at people who I, I valued, you know, their work ethic, you know, in other fields. So more than likely my boyfriend at the time, I credit him to where I'm at really now, um, because he was probably more of a mentor just because awesome. he, yeah, because he he saw something, you know, he saw the potential. He just said, just go for it. So it was he was him, his prompting that actually, I said, okay, I definitely will. You know, and you do need people at that in your life because I, I went in it kind of blindly. Like I didn't say, okay, yeah. let me see what it takes to become a dietitian. <laughs> How many science courses do I have to take? And maybe if I did, I don't know if I would have moved forward, you know, because... <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, you know, we all no, we all don't know, but let me just, just to our listeners, if you're, if you're thinking about becoming a dietitian, don't let this discourage you. But um, I, I had majors where I didn't need a lot of science at all. I mean, I think I got away with botany as being a science. I did. I took nice. botany as a, as a, as a, as a science requirement. So, you you know, so now I'm looking, I was like, okay, now I have to take uh, organic chemistry I have right. a t- biochemistry and I was like wait a minute there's labs with it <laughs> um, so my my uh, I have a twin sister and my sister is a podiatrist so she went through all of this she had to take all these science courses And I was telling her about it she's like mm-hmm, yep that's what I had to do and I'm like oh my goodness just and so when people try to I think degrade what dietitians what restaurant dietitian nutritionists do mm-hmm. I have to like pull out my you know my science background say, do you understand that right. you know, the science courses we have to take as prerequisites just to get into a program, you know, because mm-hmm. I didn't have any of those, those courses, you know, and in hindsight, I maybe should have, <laughs> you know, asked more questions and, and probably sought out people who are already in the field to get their pain. And, but I didn't, I just, like mm-hmm. I said, I fell in love once I took those classes and that was it I was like this is for me I'm gonna do it and it like I said it all worked out it really did work out it was a of yeah. thing just like everything else I do in my life <laughs>
0: <laughs> well I had a very similar experience like I didn't start out undergrad as a nutrition major I um, was told the first day of school that journalism which is what I was majoring in at the time was dying because it was right before you know the big boom in Social media, and so my oh, wow. advisor was like, Change your major. So I was like, Okay, uh, what would I change it to? But I, I chose nutrition because I thought it was interesting, but like had no idea about the pathway, had no idea that all these science classes were a part of the curriculum, mm-hmm. but did, didn't know I was at a program that was going to give me, you know, a verification statement or be part of what was required to go on to become a dietitian. So it is like happenstance that I was in the right place at the right time, but. Um, we talk about how sometimes our pathway can be a little confusing, so it's definitely <laughs> recommended to to do your research if if you can, but definitely
2: um, definitely it, it definitely
0: works out in the end. It is a passion that I feel like everyone in this field is is dedicated to making a difference, yes. uh, which I think is very inspiring. and I love what you said about kind of the peer mentorship that you experienced in your program because I think that is um, a really great way to like lean on the people that are next to you and to play on each other's strengths. And there's a lot of research on peer mentoring for the dietetics profession as well and how effective it, it, it is at um, bringing out leadership qualities but also you know, helping you excel on your career path. So I, I love that you brought that up um, as a way uh, that you kind of interacted with mentoring personally through people in your life but also your peers that kind of were influential. So you also volunteered to be part of our Diversified Dietetics Mentor Program. Um, and, you know, we've again, dietitians are really great about learning, uh, going to the research and the facts because we've been trained to do so through all of our um, our studies. But we know that the research shows that, you know, mentors play a, a big role in student success and in professional success, um, especially when they are understanding and really grasp the, the barriers that some students go through. So what was it about our mentor program or wherever you were in your life? What made you want to volunteer to be a mentor? Because it was completely, you know, your own time. We asked, you know, an hour a month. What was it about the program that made you want to uh, join and what did you want to get out of it?
2: Um, well, I think it was definitely because it was, it was from you too, you know? Deanna, I didn't know you at the time. Yeah. Um, I just knew Tamara. And when Tamara did was well, she told us, she wanted Diversify Dietetics be like the vision, bits um, and pieces of it. And she mentioned the mentor program. And then automatically I, I, was, I was like, sign me up for that. Yeah. And the reason why is because um, the Bible states in Luke 12, verse 48, from everyone to whom much has been given, much will be required. Mm. From the one to whom much has been entrusted, even more will be demanded. So that's, that is like my mantra. It's like people have poured into me over the years. And so I felt like it was my duty, my responsibility to give back and be a positive influence and you know an hour a month i'm like what is that i spend an hour <laughs> online looking up nonsense you know yeah. um and so it really you know it 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 touched a part of me that i wanted to make a difference in someone else's life so i definitely wanted to sign up i it wasn't i didn't have any, you know no excuses or anything and i said look if you need mentors i would definitely be there you know to help out any way i could.
0: we're very appreciative of of your volunteering so what, did, when you went into the, when you signed up for the program, was there something that you were hoping to get out of it outside of giving back? Um, was there something you were hoping to to learn from your mentee or was it more so just, you know, your obligation to um, give back to the profession? And
2: No, I think it, it definitely was, um, it, it had to be a mutual beneficial relationship. It really did. So I was looking to find out what was going on in, you know, the dietetics field is because when you're a part of it, um, and you are no longer a student, then sometimes you, you're on, you know, you don't know what is the new exciting trends, you know, because it's, you know, it it gets harder and harder to keep up with that because of everything else that you're doing. And like I said, being self-employed and running my own um, private practice, Mm -hmm. I can get integrated with so many other issues um so what i looked at is like oh good i you know i get to find out what's going on from um a, a you know nutrition student i get a fresh perspective you know i get new ideas and so um, um and then i can learn something you know yeah. so you know it's not just me telling someone about my experiences what i'm doing and everything it's, it's also me getting a, like I said, fresh perspective and me growing and learning from someone else too. So that's exactly what I thought I could get out of it at the same time.
0: Yeah. It's so refreshing to hear about the kind of from the mentor perspective that they are also viewing it as a mutually beneficial uh, relationship. Cause I feel like the nutrition field changes so rapidly. I feel like there's a new article about something every month. There's a new fad that you you have to talk to your friends about. Like it's really hard to keep up if you're not either plugged into somebody or, you know, have a resource that's hitting your email every day. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, that's a
2: great perspective. It definitely worked out for me. <laughs> <You know? laughs> so I was very grateful to be a part of this, of this program.
0: Yeah. So tell us a little bit more about your mentee, what she was looking for um, and the role that you maybe played in, in that. Yeah.
2: So I was really blessed to um, have um, AW as my first mentee in the program. She um, has earned a health science degree from Columbus, Columbus State University, and she's currently completing her, her food and nutrition degree through a distance learning program at the University of Alabama while working full-time. So wow. she has, her plate is full. So but she was willing also to give an hour of her time every month to participate in this program. So I commend her for that. Um, she served in the U.S. Army, and her hopes w- is to become a military dietitian. You know, so yeah, that is. It was like, oh wow, great, because I don't hear that. I don't. I think she's the first person I've heard who really who wanted to give back to our um, not only our veterans but also those who are serving in the military. Uh, forces. So what she really wanted to focus on from our, our um, relationship was to ensure that she was competitive to apply for multiple dietetic internships. So then that was, that's really what we focused on each month was finding, you know, like fine tuning whatever she needed to, in, in order for her to, you know, either learn something new or maybe volunteer somewhere else. So then she can Like I said, she can have more of a a, a leg up when it comes to the um, internship process or applying for the internship.
0: Did she apply this year or is it something she's looking to do in in the next couple of years?
2: Yeah, she's going to do that. Um, I believe she's going to do that in two, 2020. So early 2020, Great. she's going to start. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What
0: an awesome time to, to kind of have someone to help you through that process when you're, you know, you're still new enough in your program where you can get the experiences that people are looking for in your application process, but you know, have enough knowledge under your belt of what this nutrition pathway looks like. So that's awesome.
2: Yes, it is. So it was all about her planning ahead. So mm. she knew she was going to do this in the next two two years mm-hmm. um so she said this is what i really wanted to focus on i said okay let's focus on that uh, because i i um i don't have that understanding of what it takes to match so mm-hmm. from the dietetic perspective you know i know when it comes from medical school because like i said my sister is the dietrich so i understood that perspective that under- that understanding However, for, you know, because I didn't have to go through that process. Fortunately, as a graduate student at Teachers College, you automatically are entered into the internship program. So if that was what you wanted to do, you just had to complete some paperwork Mm -hmm. and there you go. They set you up with the internship. So when I hear about the matching, I hear about the stress, I hear about how competitive it is. And I said, oh my gosh. I didn't know it was that way. So that, so I definitely, that's what I put all my energy in was to make sure that she had all her ducks in a row um, and was prepared and ready for that next step.
0: We will definitely make sure to plug Teachers College in the notes so people can um, (laughs) learn more about that program because that sounds amazing. (laughs) Uh, The match process. Okay. So she was preparing for that. I, I love what you mentioned about, um, how she kind of came in with a plan. Was that helpful for you coming in as kind of a, your first mentoring experience to kind of know like okay, this is the direction that we're going to be going?
2: Oh, yes. I um I I need direction. Yeah. Um, yes, if you don't if you don't lay out. So, you know, this like this was like really a, like a, a first time official mentor um, mentoring program for me. I've, I I felt like I've dabbled a little in mentoring you know like I said with precepting students and I feel like that's taken on a mentoring type of role so I definitely needed the direction I I I wasn't if I had someone who said oh I'm not sure what what I want to talk about or what I wanted to do (laughs) I don't know what that year would have looked at looked like because I you know I I need something to go by so, yeah. you know, so because she had that in mind, then uh, we laid out exactly what we were talking about. So, a couple of weeks before we would um, have our phone calls, then um, I would, you know, send her, said, Hey, so what topic did you want to discuss today? And yeah. then I would give her suggestions or examples of what we may discuss. And so she would you say, oh yes, or she would send me suggestions or ideas of what she was working on, what she wanted to talk more about. So we, so every time we had our phone calls, it was structured and it was laid out in advance about what we were going to do. So we weren't just sitting on the phone for an hour trying to think of something to do because, you know, time is valuable. Right. And even though you may say, well, it's an hour, it's still an hour that you could be doing something else. Yeah. And we didn't And one thing is I don't like to to waste time. And so I wanted to to make sure that we were both on the same level when it came to figuring out what what we were going to discuss, what our topics were going to be. And then what I did was I laid out like that agenda and each time so we wouldn't even repeat ourselves because something we talked about in November, you know, it's like, okay, let's make sure that it's already been covered. So we're not repeating ourselves in March, you know? Yeah. So we, um, we were both on the same page about that, you know, that issue. And it sounds like
0: you both were also, it was kind of like a, um, like a joint leadership. Like sometimes you would, you know, maybe demonstrate what this might look like with providing the agenda or like, okay, here are some things that we can talk about. And, you know, in return, she also would bring things to the table and also like provide that structure. So it sounds like, you know, there was leadership building from her perspective and from, from yours as well.
2: Oh, yes. Because awesome. that's what you're doing. You're, you're developing leaders. I mean, mm-hmm. one day she's going to be a mentor. Um, and that's exactly what it was all about is like, I and, and of course, I didn't want to uh, assume this is what she wanted to talk about, or this right. is what she wanted to discuss during our, our phone call. So, so and I always, I, I you know, I like to get you involved too. And so, you know, even if you may be unsure about what you want to talk about. It's that, you know, nothing is off, off limits. Mm-hmm. Whatever you want to talk about, whatever, you know, is on your mind, then bring it up. Let, let's, let's do it. Let, you know, so, because that is what's going to be asked of you as a dietitian, right? A right. dietitian nutritionist. You need those skills. You need to bring ideas to the table. You need to have, you know, people need to know what your thoughts are, your opinions, and, and that's what I wanted to create in her. Like, I'm not gonna do all the work, you know, mm-hmm. I'm not gonna do all the heavy lifting. We were coming into this together, so so yeah, so whatever you're, you know, talk about. And I, and I told her, I said, nothing is like is off limits, or, or um, don't think it's oh, well, she probably doesn't want to talk about that. No, we're gonna discuss it. If that's what you want to talk about, we will dig into it.
0: Yeah, that's mm-hmm. great. I think there's a lot of transferable skills for precepting as well. I'm sure you that you use is that mentoring and precepting it kind of goes hand in hand, and I think. Those are really good tips for both mentors and mentees to, to come prepared and to be structured and to, you know, set those ground rules about, you know, we can, we're open to talk about anything, like make sure to bring it to the table, stay organized. Um, let's recap. So we don't repeat things over and over from month to month because a lot can happen in a month. So
2: mm-hmm, that's mm-hmm. great. Definitely. Yes. I want to go
0: back to something else that you said um, about, you weren't that familiar with the exact match process because it wasn't something that you had gone through yourself. Um, was that intimidating to kind of go into it knowing this is what she wanted to do and that you weren't? How did you like navigate not knowing that process, but still wanting to be as helpful as possible?
2: Um, well, I, I, it's probably because even though I, I'm not too familiar with, even now I'm still not that familiar with the match program. <laughs> I I felt like it was just another challenge. Like, you know, when you have to interview for your, you know, for a position Mm -hmm. or, you know, you may be applying for a scholarship. These are all challenges that you're going to come across in life. And that's exactly how I, I saw it. I said, this is just, this is going to be another, this is a challenge. And in any of those circumstances, you have to be competitive. What does that mean? That means you're you need to have something that maybe sticks out, or you're gonna have to have this type of experience. So um, that's how I, I I saw it, and that's how I approached it that way. So whether it's an in, you know, if you're applying to match for an internship program, or like I said, your first job as a Registered dietitian nutritionist or before you become a restaurant dietitian nutritionist. Um, if it's scholarships you're looking for, n- nevertheless, it's, it all comes down to uh, what are the qualifications and how can I meet those qualifications? Yeah. You know, so that's what we were preparing her for.
0: And I think that's a lesson to, you know, we want to encourage more uh, mentors and more preceptors to join this field, especially mentors and preceptors of color. So I think that's kind of a really important point to say, like, you don't have to know everything to be a good mentor. You don't have to know everything to be a good preceptor. It's a learning experience. It's a growing experience. Um, and all the life experiences that you have as a professional will play into, you know, helping the student or, or whoever you're precepting or
2: mentoring. Mm-hmm. I totally agree. Mm-hmm.
0: So our program was virtual, but you actually got to meet up with your mentee, right?
2: I did. Yes, yeah, it was. We, we, um, so prior to us beginning, I believe it was the same month that we started our, our monthly phone calls. She mentioned she was coming to Atlanta uh, for the weekend and if I can meet up on a Monday. And I did. I had nice. the time to meet with her. And so we met at a Starbucks. And spend about an hour yeah discussing our you know details we, we we were able to sign the agreement in person That's so great. Um, for the program um, and ways that we wanted to move forward and as soon as I saw her smiling face I just Aww. knew it I was like oh we're gonna be fine <laughs> <laughs> I was like okay she has like we have similar personalities but I love Pete, and so Yeah, I was like, this is going to be a really good year for the both of us, you know, so I just, I just hope that I was able to fulfill that role of a mentor for her. You know, that's, that was what my hope was. And so that's, that was my desire.
0: What a great way to kick off the relationship kind of towards the beginning, being able to kind of meet face to face, even though, you know, you knew you weren't going to be face to face for all of your meetings. But I guess, did that help establish a strong start of your
2: relationship? It did. It yeah. really did. I think it, it it eased any maybe fears going into this because she got to see who I was in person. I, I tend to be a really relaxed, I, I I like to think keep things informal. Yeah. You know? um, so just like I said, meeting in person in a more relaxed atmosphere and environment, it, it did help. It really, really did help to set the tone for the rest of our, um, our, our meetings, our virtual, not even virtual, because we just talked on the phone. So after that, I didn't really see her, her face. And so, and then we were able just to talk about, you know, personal items, because we had that, we developed that connection Mm -hmm. early on. And so we, um, so it was, and that's what I like, I like to, you know, find out what else is going on in your life, because that's going to help you with your, you know, professional or academic career too, at the same time. Um, So if you are able to meet with your mentor in person at least once, then definitely do that. I would, that's something I would stress because it is, it's very, very helpful to establish that connection um, right away.
0: Yeah, and kind of like you said, the relationship building is so important, even though, you know, there's these goals and metrics that people want to meet and applications that are due, really Mm -hmm. getting to connect to somebody on a more personal or social level is like a great foundation for building a rapport or trust, um, all of that, and just having a really strong relationship. So I'm so glad you guys were able to do that.
2: Yes, I was too. It helped. It really, really helped you, right, to establish that trust prior to just picking up the phone and- and, and just talking to someone that you, you don't even know what they look like Mm -hmm. at all.
0: (laughs) (laughs) No idea. Uh, So if someone's wanting to start mentoring, do you have any do's and don'ts that, that you would pass down to them that you would (laughs) recommend? Uh,
2: Yes. I I feel like if you, if you do want to start mentoring, um, then you just, just do it. Um, Just instead of waiting, you're right. You, You mentioned before Deanna, that some people think that you should have you know, like, oh, maybe I'm not at the right point in my career to mentor, or do I have enough experience? I think if you just have a desire to be a positive influence, that's enough. You know, if you're open to di- different perspectives, to learning something new, if you're a listener, mm-hmm. um, then you can be a mentor. And that's all of the, the dues of, of being, uh, you know, a mentor. And, and I And also, it's helpful to, uh, to, to reach out and check in, you know, when you're a mentor, instead of just leaving it up for, to the, to the monthly for this program was a monthly check-in, I mean, a monthly phone call, but mm-hmm. in between, I would also check in, um, with, with AW just to find out what was going, you know, how she's doing. Do you have any questions, you know, because I, you know, like I said, I, I, I didn't have really, uh, formal mentors. I had people who made a difference in my life also and may not even you know realize they made a difference in my life whether or not it's because they sat down and took the time out to listen to what I wanted to do or they gave me these you know exceptional advice but sometimes and then it's it's done right it's right that's it you don't hear from that person anymore and and so I wanted to you know create Uh, a relationship where it's just, I just wasn't going to meet with you because that was our obligation Mm -hmm. and our agreement. It wasn't, this is not a contractual relationship. It was like, I really care about what's going on in your life. And so I'm going to go check in. So I, I believe when it's, when you're a mentor to someone, then you want to have that empathy for them and you know, and, and care about what, what they're doing and what's going on. And that, even if that means, you know, checking in a little bit more often than what is required for you for, for this program.
0: What about the, the flip side? So I think you said a lot of great things about what's, what's great for the mentee to kind of think about or bring to the table. Um, do you have any other things that you would recommend a good mentee do so that they can also get the most out of the situation?
2: Um, so as a mentee, you do want to be prepared, please. You know, you definitely want to show up prepared for your your your, your meetings um, or your phone calls. You don't want to just leave it up to the mentor to do everything. And same thing, I think you just want to be open to uh, receiving suggestions or ideas or advice uh, just because of the experience of the mentor. And also, I would say that Don't just think because this person is at a certain point in their career that you're, you know, don't feel intimidated Uh, because like I said, we're all, this profession is, you're continuously learning right um and so no one knows it all at all and so try to set aside that maybe that fear or intimidation you may have you may be an awe of that person Don't let that you know impede you from getting to know the person or to be transparent and um, about certain topics or or questions you may have and then you also want to be, open and, and honest about what you want from the relationship. Mm-hmm. You know, also you want to get something out of it. So if you if you feel as if the 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 relationship is going in a different direction than what you thought it was going to be just because uh, for whatever reason, then you may have to say, wait a minute, mm-hmm. you know, be honest about that. Said, oh I thought we were going to be doing this instead or talking. And so then you're not led astray or At the end of that year, you are, you know, it ended up not being what you thought was going to be. Right. So I think one thing, and I'm going to say I've done this in the past, is where you haven't, you really haven't, I wouldn't say stood up for yourself, but you haven't become more assertive in what you want. Mm -hmm. And it's not if you're trying to, you know, you don't want to be aggressive or, but you just want to just make sure that it is you're, you're getting what you thought you were going to get out of the, the mentoring program. That's all. So yeah, I would say as long as like it's a state, you know, be honest about what you want, you're trying to achieve.
0: I think that's so important going into it, thinking about what do I want to get out of this relationship? Cause I, I've fallen into the same trap before where, you know, I, I connected with somebody, I thought their, you know, LinkedIn was, uh, really aspirational and inspiring but I'm asking them to be my mentor but I don't really know what I want to get is it like I I need to know how they got to that point is it because I want to have similar experiences like it's Mm -hmm. just I thought this is what I was supposed to do and so then you know you come to the table and and you're a year later and you're just like, okay, wait a second. I'm still having these similar conversations and I haven't progressed in the way that I thought I, I was supposed to with this person. So mm-hmm. I, I love what you said about standing kind of like taking a stand and realizing this is what you want to get out of it and being um, transparent about that with the person that you're coming in contact with. Cause like you said, time is valuable and you don't want to waste your time um, or other, anybody else's as well. So I think that's yes. a good point. Going to take a a quick detour just to touch on one really great uh, piece of news I found out via Instagram. You recently became a spokesperson for the Academy of Nutrition and Dietetics. Congratulations.
2: Thank you. Yes, I did. I'm excited and I'm grateful to be a part of this respected and highly regarded entity of the Academy. On nutrition dietetics. It I is, think really. we
0: probably have a whole podcast about <laughs> what all of that and the <laughs> of that. um Tamara also was a former media spokesperson, so I would yeah. love to for you two to have a conversation and, and learn more about that. But for today, as it relates to mentoring, can you tell us just a little bit about the position and then specifically, you know, in the spirit of mentoring? any advice you would give to those interested in the program interested in doing something similar um, in their career at some point
2: uh yes so as an um a spokesperson uh, for the academy what you do is you you do undergo a media training to develop the necessary skills to speak with the media and translating nutrition science into information relatable to consumers and the general public, mm-hmm. um, you're, you know, consistently positioning yourself as a registered dietitian nutritionist and the authority on food and nutrition. So th- we're we're we are the nutrition uh, food um, the nutrition food experts, and so we're here to convey the academy's positive food and nutrition philosophies and messages. We're also required to attend training sessions and events since uh, FNC uh, 2019 is coming up mm-hmm. in uh, Philadelphia. So if anyone is unaware about FNC, that's our food and nutrition conference and expo that we have every year. And it's, it's geared really towards nutritional professionals, but also any healthcare professionals. That want to attend and learn more about food and nutrition and, and science, and so it's coming up in Philadelphia, and that is an event that we as uh, spokespersons are required to attend. So I will be there. Yes. Yay! Yay! Okay. Uh-huh. <laughs> we met last year. We met that, at that. Exactly. And so that's a great way to also, so even if you, um, to find, you know, maybe a mentor Mm -hmm. or to connect with different nutritional professionals that you, did you see on social media? uh, Fancy um, is a great way of doing that. To find out more information, you can, you know, hashtag Fancy. That's That's a hashtag, hashtag FNCE, FNC or you can go on the Academy website, which is eatright.org yep. and find out more information. But so getting back to this position, it is a three-year term um, and it's volunteer. And then you can become a spokesperson if you reply for another three-year term up to nine Years, So you could be in this position for quite a long time. Mm -hmm. Um, But so far, what I'm learning is how to, like I said, develop those or convey those messages, those nutrition messages that are just relatable to the general public and to the consumers because oh it's so confusing out there right it all is. those messages that people getting yeah. um, is overwhelming and we uh, we just trying to simplify it and just and it's all based on scientific evidence of course so really well, everything that you've learned <laughs> in school you are that's the foundation and you are filtering all of that through the media you know so that's, that's right. what we do yes and then you, the second question you ask is how do you just what any steps to take or any yeah. advice if you want to become a spokesperson. Mm-hmm. Well, I, uh, you know, it's, for me, I think it started, <laughs> it started probably when I was in school, you know, I didn't, you know, to become this way. So uh, same thing. I think it's, if you have any opportunity to develop your communication skills and that's writing or speaking in, in, in any format, then that's what you want to do. When I was in um, grad school, I had the opportunity to I had the opportunity to review books uh, that were ba- nutritionally related books. And I did that. And I'm going to shout out Maggie Moon. Maggie Moon, she was my <laughs> editor for the the Grapevine. Um, that was the newsletter that we are, the newspaper that we have for our department. And so that taught me, that was more writing. That was learning writing skills because I had to develop those a little bit more because I'm not, a, I feel like I'm not a strong writer. That's what something I wanted to do when I was started my, my career my career as a dietitian i was a clinical dietitian at new york presbyterian hospital and um, i underwent a media training program because they asked what dietitians wanted to be a part of it my hand went up and i said yes i want to be a part of this um i wasn't able to have any you know um i wasn't interviewed for any any media Interviews, but um, I I was able to do cooking demos for staff and for patients. So every like every step that you take, every opportunity you take is going to lead to something bigger. Yeah. Um, So if you have, you know, if you want to start a blog, start that blog. Start writing through a blog. If you are given the opportunity to speak at health fairs or have a table at a health fair, even as a student, do that. This is how you create what your voice is, and um, it makes it easier in order to um, become a spokesperson or to have a, a career maybe in more of a nutrition communications. Now, there are dietitians who have, this is what, that's what their career is. They're <laughs> nutrition communication specialists, or they work in that area. So it's it's all about starting to develop that. And you only get better when you practice more. And also when you have those, like as you start off small with those opportunities, and then uh, those opportunities would just continue to grow. So there are, to qualify though, for to become a spokesperson, you would have to become an art, registered dietitian, nutritionist, I believe for at least three years. And so you have to have that background experience, but it's, if it's something that you want to do, then start developing a pro, uh, like a portfolio now for it. Because every three years, then you can find out if you qualify to become a spokesperson, whether through a, a expertise or in your um, a certain area, meaning where you live. They're looking for a registered dietitian nutritionists in the in that area so you want to start getting your portfolio whether it's you know speaking engagements through media or writing in journals or um, in articles then start it do it now you know don't wait (laughs) because it's never too early it's never too (laughs) early not at all you know but so far I'm enjoying it I'm learning something new because when you have to you know when you research this because like I said, we don't, I don't know everything and a lot of questions I'm getting from media requests or interviews, or even, even when I'm on a panel speaking about nutrition, you just have to, you, they want you to know every single right. thing you can't. So it's, it's really taking key messages and key tips and, and just focusing on that. That's, that's really what you should do. And, you know, and like I said, we have our research that we look up and there's position papers on the academy website and so there's there's information out there where you can find and not and not have to think about oh my gosh I have to write a whole thesis in order to find out what this information is it's out there for you already and so you don't have to look far for it you know so yeah that's that's basically my advice to become a spokesperson That's great.
0: Thank you so much for, for that. And I, you know, I'm probably a little bit biased, but I think you're the perfect person for the job. Um, I love (laughs) you. If you follow Jerlyn on Instagram, you know her, try it out. um, Try it out Tuesdays, right?
2: Yeah. I can't do that anymore. No, I I know. So, um, that's one. Okay. That's another thing about being an exposed person. Mm. Is that um we are not allowed to have any sponsorships or are if we're hearing that we're sponsoring a certain brand. Interesting. Mm -hmm. Um you want to keep it generic. So so what Deanna is talking about is that (laughs) um, (laughs) before I became a spokesperson, because it's only been um I would say four months. Well, officially the you know, my it was announced I was a spokesperson in June. So it's only been two months. However, prior to that, I, every Tuesday I would come out with, I would review a a beverage or food item that I myself purchased at a store. So those particular brands didn't have anything to do with, they didn't, I didn't get anything for free. So I purchased it with my own money. So I felt like I could, I could review the product honestly. And that's what I did. I reviewed it based on taste, based on nutritional value, based on texture. And um, so I get these little snippets on on Instagram, and then uh, found out that was a no no. Yes, um, so, <laughs> so I so I no longer do my little my product reviews on Try It Out Tuesday, <laughs> uh, which I was very sad about. But that's yeah. So if you're if you are looking to like become a spokesperson, you could work for a company. It's okay. You work for a food company. Um, they have all these these procedures and, and policies. Um, however, you can't be their brand ambassador or you can't, um, yes, be the, their spokesperson because everything is, is generic. You know, when we talk about a, a food item, then you just talk about that food. You don't talk about brands. Do not bring brands involved at all. Cause some, you know, we don't want to show favoritism, show that one brand is sponsoring you know, the the, our the spokesperson or anything that way. So it's um so I'm learning that. I have learned that. <laughs> yeah. I know. No more try dot to That I <laughs> I was thinking of something else that I needed. If anyone has any suggestions of what I should do instead, let me know.
0: Right. Put it in uh, the comments. <laughs> put it
2: in the comments. Because <laughs> I do like I do like to do that.
0: But well, I'm sure yes, you will still put out great content you have such a warm spirit and I, I thank you so much for talking with us today. Where can people find you? Anything that you want to tell people about that's coming up or plug?
2: Yeah, so people can find me on social media. I am at um, the Lifestyle Diet- Dietitian on Instagram and Facebook. If you're on Twitter, I'm at Jalan Nutrition. On Twitter. And then I have my website. So um, that is the lifestyle dietitian.com. You can Google me, you can find me there. And so it's more of um, there is what's coming up, I will be at FNC 2019 yes. in Philadelphia. If you are there, feel free to come up to me and say hello. I love to meet people. I love to meet all the students, all the interns. Um, I've definitely I've connected over um, the past two fences with, through Instagram, you know, through social media with, with students or interns. And, um, and I love it. I really, really do enjoy seeing how our profession has grown mm-hmm. like, in this, you know, for like 11 years, it's not a very long time, but it, it is a long time. And, yeah. um, and I, and I just see how, where it's going and how it's involved and uh, the creativity of um, all of, you know, our, the registered dietitian nutritionists. So definitely please come up and say hi and hello. And so that's where you will, you will find me, you know, other than that, you can get in touch with me through those social media handles and also through my website too. Perfect. Well,
0: yes, we need more leaders of color. We need more preceptors of color. We need more mentors of color. And so thank you so much for being a part of all three of those things and uh, for letting us talk to you today. It was a pleasure.
2: Yes. And I want to let you to know you um, and Tamara know you two are doing an exceptional job creating a space and filling in the gap for our, our, our profession and kudos to you two for all your hard work and commitment. Yes. Thank so you I am, much. I, I am, definitely um, if you have i and what I do is I talk about diversified diet text to everyone <laughs> <laughs> we appreciate you and yeah I know because you're like they, i've like I said, I've had people contact me and And the first thing I asked them said, Have you heard of Diversified Dietetics? Yes. And they say no. And I said, and I shoot them all the information right away. That's perfect. Part of this organization, any way you can. So I like I said, this is wonderful. And I'm glad it's happening now because we can always say, Oh, I wish this was going on when I was a student. Mm -hmm. Um, But you know, the the timing to me is always perfect. So this is a perfect time to have this, um, this type of organization. And I'm going to plug for you all because I am going to their event. Um, So I am going, (laughs) Diverse by Dietetics has an event and it's going to be going on during fantasy Saturday night. That's October 26th. Um, Go to their website, find out what that event is all about. If you can't go, you can sponsor a student or two or three or four. Um, But I would (laughs) definitely be at that event too. You know, I can't wait to to shake a little tail feather. So I will. be. This is why you're the media spokesperson. That was beautiful. (laughs) (laughs) That was great.
0: (laughs) Yes. So everything that Jerlyn said, we will have all of the details for her pages um, about the media spokesperson position, about the Teachers College at Columbia, and about our Diversified Dietetics fundraiser meetup for Fincy in our show notes. Thank you so much again, Jerlyn, and we will see you at (laughs) Fincy.
2: Yes. Thank you again, Deanna. Um, It has been a pleasure speaking with you.
1: You too. Thanks for listening to Feed Me the Facts. You can find past episodes and this episode on our website, www.diversifydietetics.org, as well as on the Apple Podcast app. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast, rate, and leave a review. Last but not least, follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Diversify Dietetics.